From the beautiful city of Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Hey, hey, welcome to Film Forward, everybody, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. We continue our LADFF preview this week with an incredible guest. But before we get into it, if you like what you hear today, please subscribe to Film Forward on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for weekly episodes where we not only interview LADFF filmmakers like we're doing today, we also interview filmmakers with new theatrical releases. And of course, we do our patented Gimme Three episodes. So like, subscribe, comment. We've got plenty coming up for you, and we've got plenty in our archives as well. As I mentioned, though, we've got a banger show for you today. Our guest today, she's an actor, a comedian, a writer, a singer. She can be seen in the Hulu series Difficult People, and she stars in the film Best Summer Ever, which will be playing in person, everybody, in person at LADFF on July 29th. Ladies and gentlemen, Shannon DeVito. Shannon, thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. That was such a kind intro. I always think it's weird when people say all those nice things about me because I'm like, do I really do all of those things? <laughs> it's it's weird when when somebody, when you go through your day-to-day life, you're thinking like, God, I'm doing too much stuff. And then you hear somebody else say it and it's like, who is that person? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that every time actually. I'm like, oh, I think that you have the wrong person. I just sit <laughs> in my house and eat Cheetos. So I'm not sure what you're talking about. Well, I, that wasn't on your website. If, if you had had the Cheetos uh, thing uh, on your website, I would have mentioned that in the intro as well. That's on me. That's on me. I will absolutely <laughs> update it right now. Yeah, please do. But thank you for being here. As I mentioned, I'm a huge fan. Really excited that this movie, Best Summer Ever, is in the festival this year. We actually, it was submitted to LADFF last year and we wanted to screen it, but you know, the pandemic, obviously, we wanted to show it in a theater because it just it feels like this is a movie that should be seen with an audience on a big screen. So, you know, thankfully, the best summer ever team and and we were both in agreement that it's best to just hold off and, and wait until we can do it in person. So we're excited to share it on a big screen. Oh, well, that's so exciting. I mean, I think it's so weird. Like everything was kind of delayed. We were supposed to premiere at South by Southwest last year and right. your lovely festival. And so it's all like everything just, it was like a leap year. Like we just are ignoring that year. I'm also uh, younger. It's great. It's We're just ignoring that that whole year happened. I always thought, why didn't they just make this year 2020. Like, why don't they just say, Oh, don't do that to this year. That's, just, that's, mean. that's, so mean. that's true. That's true. <laughs> it's got, that's got a bad, a bad rep. Yeah, no, let's not do that again. Let's go ahead and not ever do that year again. They should change the perfect vision. That should not be 2020 vision anymore. It should be like, they should change the number. 2021. Um, yeah. But Best Summer Ever is such a great, energetic movie. For those who don't know about this film, tell the audience about Best Summer Ever. What is Best Summer Ever? Sure. It is a teen musical, kind of if Footloose and Grease had a baby, you would have this film. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just, it's a joyous movie about two kids that are falling in love and, you know, antics that ensue. It's a fun film. I guess that's. Uh, it's 
what I usually say. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of great musical sequences. You know, one of the amazing things about the film is over 50% of the cast and crew were people with disabilities which literally never happens. And I'm not just saying that like as a, <laughs> as a like catchphrase that it, no, li- that never, it literally never happens. It's the first one, I believe. I think that we, we are the first to have such an inclusive film, not only in front of the camera, but also behind. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's, uh, it's historic and incredible. So what, what was it like for you working on a film with this historic landmark? Yeah, you know, at the time, I didn't really think about it. It's interesting to do all these interviews and talk about it and really kind of, you know, feel the weight upon which you you have after like thinking about the film and watching it and having people comment on it. But, you know, during it, I, I didn't really feel the gravity. It was just kind of like, oh, this is a job I was hired to do. And I, yeah, I want to make sure to it. Yeah. And, you know, I've been an actor for so long. So it's like, I just wanted to do the best job I could possibly do. I'd never led a film before. And so I was so focused on not sucking that I I don't really think I realized what we were doing, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it totally does. I mean, you're just, yeah, you're, you're focused on the task at hand. And, you know, I've seen a lot of BTS material and a BTS documentary about the making of the film. And, you know, everybody who was working on it, like you guys were kind of up against it with making a musical is is no easy task. Making a musical on a budget and on a very short timeline is even a harder task. So I can imagine (laughs) you guys had like, you know, you guys had your eye on the prize. There was no time to like dilly-dally. You had to get this thing done and shot and you guys pulled it off incredibly. Oh, thank you. Well, I do. I will say one thing is that the directors and the producers made the environment just such a warm, welcoming place that it didn't feel like we were under this pressure to get it all done. And we didn't feel the pressure, I think. Yeah. I mean, I put a lot of pressure on myself because I'm a weird perfectionist and have standards that are impossible to reach. But the environment that was created and the world that we got to play in was so warm and accepting and kind and powerful that you felt free to do anything. And I think when you're making a musical, that is such a, such a gift to have all these people who were supporting you to the nth degree. That's great. And I think that really comes across on screen, you know, that, that warmth and that, that openness. One of the great things about this movie for you after like, watching it the first time, going to look up some of your other work and coming back to it is like, you really get to show off all of your talents in this movie. Like your comedic timing in this movie is just like thread the needle perfection. We get to hear (laughs) your beautiful voice and we get to see you act. So talk to us about like extra, you get to exercise all of your talents in, in one film, which, which doesn't always happen. So talk to us about that. Oh, that's so nice. You say, you know, I have been doing all of those things for quite some time. I've never gotten to sing on camera for a, in a professional setting, which was such a joy. I, I, grew up doing musical theater. I thought that I was going to be a musical person, but you know, I'm not a very good dancer. If you watch the film, you will realize this. Um, (laughs) And so it was so fun to be able to do everything I love to do. And, and I think that for some of the comedy stuff, the directors and the writers would kind of allow me to try stuff and they would allow me to 
pitch jokes, <laughs> you know. So I think that was really nice to be able to have the freedom to be like, hey guys, I think this would be really funny. I'm going to do it. And they're like, okay. And then sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't. But you know, even in a crunch time, we didn't have like this excessive amount of time to let me just like improvise, which I wasn't allowed to do, but they would allow me to try things. And, and that was really, really cool to do. That kind of stuff comes off on screen as well. I, I really get the sense watching it. You get a sense a lot of the individual personalities that all went into making this film come across on screen because tonally it's like pitch perfect. It all works beautifully, but you really feel these like individual identities and all these individual voices and talents coming through on screen that are so different and so unique. And it just adds to like this one, like beautiful giant painting. It's very, very special to watch because you don't always get that, you know, sometimes it's just like the auteur or like, you know, (laughs) we go with what this, what the script says. And this movie didn't feel like that. It felt very genuine. It felt like a team effort was happening on screen. Oh, that's so nice to hear that that comes across. Because it definitely was. It was absolutely a team effort. There was nobody, no egos went went into this film. I think everybody went into it knowing that we were a group and that we were all working together. Even though, like, what I will say is that Zeno Mountain Farm, which is the people that are the producers of this film and that have been doing this for quite some time, their whole thing is inclusive filmmaking. And so they are a camp in Vermont and they're this hippie community that is so wonderful and kind and So they were kind of like a big group already. Uh, Some of us came in who were outsiders, but for the most part, I think it was me and maybe Ricky was the only other one. I think we were the only two that weren't part of the the camp already. Mm -hmm. So I do think they had that environment kind of already established. Yeah. They had that familial kind of vibe already going in. Yeah. That's great. But they never made us feel like outsiders. Yeah. You know, I think they they made us absolutely feel like we were part of the group. And a team effort is is the best way to put it. I'm a big fan of A, high school movies, B, like (laughs) high school musicals. Not specifically high school musical. Not so much that. But high (laughs) high school musicals. I I am a big fan of what are some of your favorites? There's a lot of homages in this movie to some of to some of the greats, as you mentioned, like Greece, you know, the the, the setup is is very Greece esque. What are some of your favorite high school musicals? Because I know you got some if you're a theater kid. Let's see. What's my favorite? So I actually don't like Greece. Um, Yeah, I (laughs) know. The, the the message of Greece is so terrible. It's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really it's so bad. awful. <laughs> and I feel like it's just the absolute worst. Greece 2 better because it's insane. I right. think Greece 2 is like Greece was very serious about like what they were doing and then the message that they instilled was awful. But then like Greece 2 is just so n- insane that it crosses over that level of you're like, oh no, this is great yeah i don't know what i'm watching Grease but i will continue to watch it grease 2 does not take itself seriously at all no <laughs> at all and it's wonderful yeah i mean i guess hairspray there you go I that's a great hairspray. one that's a great one you want to talk positive like that has a great message and it's like all about being yourself and it's the opposite of grease mm-hmm. yeah which is great <laughs> I forget how I grew up on Greece. So like I like sure. I have that nostalgia thing. And then every time it gets to the end, I'm like, oh my. <laughs> yeah, like, like, oh no. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, it's so bad. It did not age well. Yeah, it did and, not uh, age well. I don't well. even know if it aged well in the time. Right. Like, it just, I think about it all the time because we've had to talk about it so many times that it's like, I just, it's the worst. It's absolutely the worst. Like, the songs are fine, but like, yeah, yeah no. I, I'm going to say Hairspray. Is, yeah, is Hairspray's, Hairspray's fantastic. Ricky Lake is just like a treasure in that movie. Yeah, and every iteration of it. Like I've seen yeah. it on Broadway and like, it just keeps getting better with each time it occurs. You said the directors made the team feel like you weren't up against it. You weren't rushed and everything, which is fantastic. But just talk to us a little bit about the work that goes into making a musical, you know, like to shooting a musical, working on the musical sequences and 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 what it's all like behind the scenes. Kind of take the audience into there. Oh, it's movie magic. Um, <laughs> well, so we... We recorded the songs before we even started shooting. So uh, Mumu, uh, who wrote all the music, came down to where I live and we went to a recording studio and we kind of hung out there for a weekend and, you know, did all the songs. And then, so then on set, we kind of just like lip synced or sang along to the stuff that we had already done. I will say that the songs, so Leave Behind is the song that I get to sing which is so fun and but we filmed it four different ways because we couldn't really figure out how it wanted to be and so when i finally saw the the final version i was like oh you picked that one um <laughs> like we were we were like in the woods there was like a drone at one point i mean we did it so many ways i there was a night where i had to go down a hill and had to like weave in between dancers and it was freezing cold and oh, it was snap. pitch black that was crazy so like all those things didn't make it but we did them right so yeah i mean i feel like with that kind of stuff it's some of it's trial and error but you know it's all some of it's all on the page so you just kind of film it like a, a movie but it's all none, none of it's in order you watch the film you're like oh right that's that's how that's why i did that <laughs> right yeah you, you you shoot one shot and you're like why sometimes you just move in so fast you're like why, why don't we just do that and then you have to wait until the cut to be like oh right yeah yeah exactly you're like oh sure this does make sense so the film is just you know incredible sequence after incredible sequence really fun memorable stuff which scene or sequence for you will be the most memorable now being a, like a few years probably right removed from the actual filming of it which one do you remember the most i blacked out for most of it so i don't really remember <laughs> um, i mean all of it was so great and there were different moments i think leave behind was very special just because it was like my elsa moment yeah. it's a song that like i feel okay like i feel i feel like i did an okay job i guess you did a great um, job and it, Thank you. There was something so powerful about having a person who looks like me on a screen singing this powerful song. It felt like a moment that like if I was a kid and I got to see someone do that, I would have just like thought the world was open to me. Like I was very lucky and my family kind of did that for me. But I just feel like I wish I had had that as a kid to see. And it just, I don't know, there's something so special about it to me. Cause I always say like, I want to, I want to make stuff that I didn't get to see as a kid. And then, and I did, and I did it. And then and I think that's really special. And I think that's, what's so amazing and special about this movie period is, you know, having kids be able to look at this film and be like, 
amazing. Look at look at all that talent up on screen, and it's not like focused upon. They're just up there killing it, They're just killing the game, which I think is beautiful. And then for other people to see this film and see that same thing, and it opens up their worldview, I think that's what makes this film so uh, important, so beautiful, on top of it being entertaining as hell and, and laugh out loud funny. It's got multiple purposes. Best summer ever. You guys at home, you can all see it July 29th. Everybody come see it with us in person. We're going to be at the Lemley Town Center, which is in Encino. That's where Ralph Macchio's character is from in uh, The Karate Kid. So, you know, it's like that's where all the cool kids hang out. Lemley Town Center in Encino as a part of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival in person on the big screen. Trust me, this movie demands to be seen on a big screen. So check it out ladff.com for info and tickets we're going to take a quick break everybody when we return shannon is going to help us out with our favorite segment give me three the los angeles diversity film festival is back and for the first time ever the festival will include both in-person and online screenings Three in-person screenings will be held over three Thursdays starting July 29th with the musical rom-com Best Summer Ever held at the Lemley Town Center in Encino. August 5th, we're back in Encino for the theatrical premiere of the gripping documentary In the Dark of the Valley. And on August 12th, you'll be able to see the award-winning short films selected by our esteemed jury at the Lemley NoHo 7 in North Hollywood. Our online festival will be available at ladff.com from August 1st through 14th, with new films premiering every five days. Tickets for both in-person and online screenings are available right now at ladff.com. Use the promo code FORWARD for 10% off. We are so excited to see you all back at the movies. Join us for the 8th Annual Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. All right. Welcome back to Film Forward, everybody. We're here with Shannon DeVito. Her film Best Summer Ever is a part of LADFF this year. But right now, she's going to hook us up with three films that inspired her, inspired her work, films she loves. Shannon, let's get your first one. Okay, my first one is Best in Show. I love this film so much. I love it on multiple levels for the fact that it's all improvised and I'm an improviser. It uh, blows my mind that these people can do what they do. It's also the funniest film of all time uh, <laughs> in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just, the jokes are so solid and the characters are so deep and it's just an ensemble and everyone works together and makes each other better. And, and that's what I love so much about ensembles is that, you know, when, when a good one works, it just, it takes it to a different level and, Christopher Guest films have done that to a level of which almost seems impossible. And also there's dogs. So uh, also just, there's dogs. Wins, yeah. It wins all across the board. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing not to love about this movie. This is one of my favorites. Also, it's one of Sonia, our festival director's favorite films. I'm always just looking for an excuse to watch this movie. So when you said this was what I was like, yes, I get to watch best in show again. Yay. I didn't have to watch it. Cause I, I, yes, you did. but, but it's just, uh, Hey, why the hell not? Sonia always like, if I like start rambling on, you know, naming movies or naming some stuff that she's like, she says, Oh, you're naming nuts again. You know, <laughs> <laughs> 
I do that all the time. I'm like peanut, red pistachio. I I quote that movie on a regular basis, and I feel like, I mean, my family all knows it, but like, not everyone knows what I'm talking about. So I just sound like a a weirdo, (laughs) naming nuts or or talking about dogs playing football, right? Um, But if you watch if you watch any dog show like the Westminster or whatever. You can't not think about that movie. Right. Like, I, it's just, I can't do it now. Like, I can't watch those dog shows seriously anymore because it just, I always think of Fred Willard. <laughs> he's, he's so incredible. The movie's already hilarious before he appears on screen, but he just like takes it into like a fifth gear of comedy that you didn't even know it could go into. And it's just like opens up this whole other world of like, where the hell are these jokes coming from and how is he doing how is he this quick like <laughs> i don't know i don't know i think about that all the time i mean the, like and that's the thing like this movie is improvised like these are not written lines like, right. this man just sat there and came up with all of this stuff at, off the top of his head the guy sitting next to him honestly deserves an oscar yeah. for not <laughs> for, not for being able to keep a straight face at any of the moments like I just it it truly blows my mind. I mean, Fred Willard can take comedy to um, a next level just easily by doing anything. That performance truly is just one of the greatest cinematic comedy performances of all time. Agreed. Best in show, one of the greatest comedies ever made. Christopher Guest, my friends, if you have not seen it, do me a favor. Just uh, just go ahead and press pause on this podcast right now. <laughs> And watch that movie. I don't care if you're driving. I don't care if you're breastfeeding. I don't care if you're at work. You watch Best in Show immediately. If not sooner. If not sooner. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Impossible to follow up, but let's we'll try anyway. So Shannon, what's I your know. second film? Oh, it is so hard. I have to say one of my other favorite films is Wally, mm-hmm. um, which is a Pixar movie. And it just I feel like Pixar change the way I think about what you can do with storytelling. And it's all trapped in the guise of children's films. But in reality, they are doing these nuanced, intelligent, funny stories. And they're doing it in ways that like haven't been done. And Wally is a great example of that. I mean, for 45 minutes, no one talks. Mm-hmm. Except for a robot, yeah, and like he's on an uh, on a planet that's like empty, and you want him to win. You're like, oh no, he can do it, um, and and you fall in love with this like robot who cleans up trash. Like, I mean, it's just incredible what they're able to do with filmmaking and storytelling, and that movie. I mean, I also like care about the environment and uh, what we do with our bodies and those kind of things. So that other level to it is also very intriguing to me, but what they do with, with their work is extraordinary. Yeah. The visual storytelling in this film is beyond impressive. They have an innate ability to take you on these very short bursted emotional roller coasters, like the first 10 minutes of up, for example, which also has no no dialogue. And you go on this like incredible journey with no words. And it's like, you have like every type of emotion that you've ever had in your life. <laughs> I'm crying right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, if you think about the beginning of Up, it just tur- it takes a turn. Yeah. 
But with Wally, it's just so impressive how how much they do with so little, which is like when you think about it, it's like films were doing this for decades and making people feel things for decades with no dialogue. So it's not, it's just amazing that they were able to like recognize that they could do that. And, and the, the talent that is executed is really impressive. And to have like all these allegorical things, as you mentioned about the environment and our society and what we're doing to the planet and what we're doing to our bodies on top of this incredible storytelling and these incredible, incredible deep characters that are robots. <laughs> right? I, it's so crazy that you, it's this love story between two robots. Yeah. And you just like end up crying when like he gets hurt and she like sees him go down the thing. And you're like, it's a robot. Right. Like, I didn't care that much about Terminator. Like I just, I feel like they are able to make you care about things that you didn't know you needed to care about. I honestly would kill for Wally. Like I truly... I, I would murder someone for him. Like, I really would. Well, you should probably edit that part out. Well, no, I was just going to say, they're, uh, I hear they're hiring for the sequel where uh, <laughs> Wally, so. Where I need to go kill for him. <laughs> um, I I would punch someone, though. Not, probably not kill. I, I'm not that um, mean. I don't kill bugs. I literally just put one outside. Um, so, I, but I would definitely, I would give someone a stern look. There you go. They, a, a stern, a stern <laughs> looking. <laughs> That'll show up. Yeah. That'll show up. <laughs> All right, Wally, it's an incredible film, my friends. I think most people have seen it, but, uh, oh. if you have, uh, it's, it's worth a rewatch because I just rewatched it and it's just, uh, incredible how it still, holds up, you know how it ends and it still gives you all the fills. It's a movie to marvel at and and to reappreciate. So check it out again. It's available right now on Disney Plus. All right, Shannon, it's time for your third and final film. All right. I decided to go with 10 Things I Hate About You, which is a rom-com and I love rom-coms, but I think it's the perfect one. There's so many different stories and characters and it's funny and I love it. The fact that it's based on Shakespeare is, I just think it's the perfect rom-com. I watched it so many times that I feel like I could probably recite it from beginning to end. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's just like wall-to-wall entertainment. It's just like you throw it on, a smile comes on your face and it doesn't leave until it's over. It's just does all the things a great rom-com should do. It's got it all. And it does all the things a great Shakespeare play should do as well. It's one of my favorite like Shakespeare adaptations, definitely of the last like 30 years, but it's a lot of fun. And the cast is like so stacked. So many of these, when did this movie come out? Like 1999 or something? Oh, it had to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, around then probably. And it's like so many of those actors in this film who were like, you know, young or just starting their careers at this point, like went on to have really huge careers to no surprise because they're all great in it like gabrielle union obviously heath ledger joseph gordon levitt is like a baby in this movie it's got it's got an incredible cast yeah i mean and they were all i mean they were there were so many i mean julia styles was like the it girl of the 90s yeah i really miss julia styles i thought i I I loved her in everything she was in she's like peak awesome in this movie like she her character and her performance is so rad, but I also like nobody, nobody likes it, but I do like save the last dance. I thought was pretty cool. 
<laughs> That's like uh, a guilty pleasure of mine. I'm sure it sucks if I rewatched it now, but I liked it, it a lot. It, though. The dancing is funny. Yeah. I remember watching that film and thinking at the end, like, oh, that is that is exactly what you'd have to do to get into Juilliard. But, you know, now you're like, oh, no. Um, <laughs> right. But her performance is great. She was yeah, great. She's great. She's just so great. She's, like, enjoyable to watch. She's very, like, quick and, and has, like, the looks down of, like, giving people that, like, I know more than you look. Yeah. I, no, no, no. She's awesome, Sauce. I, I, she, I'm sure she's working now. I just don't see her as much. Right. That's yeah, true. Well, Julia Stiles, if you're, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, you have two major fans here. Yes, please be in more things. Please be in more things. <laughs> 11 things I hate about you. Yes. I mean, <laughs> everything else is being rebooted. Right. It's only a matter of time. Well, those are excellent three choices, Shannon. I literally love all those movies. So uh, thank you for bringing it back up. I love I love rewatching stuff that I love. And speaking of that, I've rewatched Best Summer Ever like four or five times. And I'm Aww. still looking forward to watching it on the big screen, July 29th. Lemley Town Center in Encino is a part of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival, LADFF.com for tickets and info. Or you can follow us on Instagram at LA Diversity Film Fest or on Twitter at LADFF. Shannon, where can our uh, audience follow you at on the on the socials? You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Shannon DeVito. It's D-E-V-I-D-O, unlike uh, the real actor. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can, I'm on, on YouTube and all of those fun things. Uh, Shannon, I really appreciate you taking the time out to do this show with us. It was great talking with you. Congrats on a great movie. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, what's coming down the line for you. Oh, thank you so, so much. I'm, I was so excited to be here and so grateful that you're showing our film and that you, that you enjoyed it. That means, that means the universe truly. We love it. Hope you all do too. Want to thank you all for listening to Film Forward. We'll catch you next time. Our recording engineer and mixer is Anselm Kennedy. The podcast is produced by Anselm, Sonia Maru, and yours truly. Thanks for joining us on Film Forward, and you'll hear us next time. <laughs>